checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kepner and Dale Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura, Athletic Greens, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, seven days, or as Dan Wolkenstein likes to use the very fun term of one week, one week. Until Charter's training camp. It's been one week. Jake Hefner, we finally get to use it. One week. Let's go, baby. One week until we are live at training camp. We get to actually be there, see these players, see what is new with these Los Angeles Chargers, and get a deep dive into all of the storylines, all of the headlines, all of the battles all of the hype all the darlings all of that begins one week if you want to instant <laughs> if you one week inst- <laughs> if you want to instantaneously inject enthusiasm into dan wolkenstein that does not involve caffeine just play bare naked ladies one week yep. watch watch the energy level in the room rise yep that's all you need that's all you need because why Jeez. Okay. Let's go, Jake. You know Since I know you can only you only get a chance to like play that song on the show like twice a year. <laughs> Don't overdo it, but I'm gonna allow you to have your moment. Give me my 15 seconds of happiness here. Uh, fun, super fun conversation today. I think this is a is one to remember as we get into this training camp. We all fall sucker to this, mm. where we get overhyped. And we get attached to some of these players and some of the coaching staff and some of the things that go on, moments that we end up seeing at training camp. And so goal of this episode is to kind of go through what we expect to see in terms of storylines, position battles, kind of, but more so what is actually going to be headlines versus what is more just like temporary hype and then it fizzles. Like what's actually going to make a difference that we're going to see in training camp. So we'll be talking about things like, is Justin Herbert going to be walking in with a new contract? We're going to be talking about like, will Derek Ansley, new defensive coordinator, actually be making a difference? Will there actually be a wide receiver that can battle to make this squad? Or is it all just for nothing? Lots of that and more. Are we going to see a second starting linebacker aside from Eric Kendricks? Lots of things that we're going to kind of go through i mean (laughs) i hope i hope uh jake before we get to that how are you my friend one week don't play the song again (laughs) thank you for asking though uh appreciate it you know like i said last week we're yes we're still in july training camp has not yet commenced yet but you could just you feel the aura of the football season finally returning ah You see, you saw what I did there. That was completely unintentional, by the way. But <laughs> football is slowly but surely creeping back into our lives, whether it's on the mainstream media, local podcasts like this. It's just it's getting to that time. Calm before the storm. Training camp next week just is going to... If everybody's hype right now is through the roof as far as the need that we all have for getting football back... <sighs> 
it's going to be at another level next week. And speaking of hype, to celebrate the one week we have left, uh, we have a giveaway going on right now. Yes. A one Justin Herbert signed jersey. It is up on Twitter. We'll be doing more giveaways in the future. We'll do it on different platforms. This one's on Twitter. Uh, so for folks on Facebook, on Instagram, on Reddit, we got you. Don't worry. We're coming. Um, all you got to do, go to the tweet. It's pinned on our profile right now. Hit the follow. Hit the retweet and subscribe on YouTube. You'll see the instructions there. And you're entered to win your very own signed Justin Herbert custom powder blue jersey. Uh, brought to you by Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. Go get it. Go get your chance. It's that uh, Dumb and Dumber gif. So you're saying there's a chance. That's where we're at. You got a chance. That's all that matters. Uh, and Jake, while we're talking about Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, uh, friends of the show have a pretty sweet event going on. Uh, I believe it is going to be September 2nd. For folks viewing, you can see on the screen, but for folks listening, we'll kind of talk about it here for a sec. Uh, the one and only Asante Samuel Jr. and second round draft pick for 2023 Los Angeles Chargers Tui, Tuli Tuli Pelotu is going to be doing a signing event where you can get your hands on all kinds of stuff that can be signed by them, anywhere from flats, minis, rookie cars, footballs, you name it. They can give you a certificate of authenticity. Honestly, some of these prices are a steal. I'm shocked that you can get these for as little as 20 bucks for inscriptions. You can get a flat or mini helmet for 50 bucks with a thought to Samuel Jr. Uh, they have mail-in options as well. If you are interested... You can go ahead and give an email to Rock. That's R O C at Rock Solid Sports. Again, R O C at Rock Solid Sports. Tell them Chargers Unleashed sent you, and they can give you more information. Go check it out. You can go there live, or you can have your opportunity to have something mailed in for folks who are overseas or out of state. And uh, not to get too crazy, but there is something here that says there may be more players added to this list soon. So, not going to spoil anything, but. there may be some more guys there to have some fun with. So go get a shot at some signed memorabilia courtesy of Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. Jake Hefner. Yes, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's, Let's go. Do this. All right. So, uh, Jake, why don't we talk about maybe the first one that I think – I don't necessarily know if this has impact on – what we're going to see at training camp. I think it's a storyline as we head into training camp is the dump trunk of money that's coming to Justin Herbert at some point. The Brinks truck. Yep. So I guess my question to you is, does it happen before or during training camp? And just for context, some of the bigger massive contracts that the Chargers have done have come around this very same time. We've seen the likes of Derwin James, get his contract signed. That was a four-year, $76 million contract extension on August 17th. We've seen Joey Bosa's five-year, $135 million contract extension on July 28th. Keenan Allen's was on September 5th, four-year, $80 million. Justin Herbert, most likely, is going to get like $50 million a year. Extrapolate that out, whether it's a four-year, whatever, $200 million contract, six-year, $300 million contract, do you foresee that happening by the end of... Let's just give it the end of over-under first week of training camp. 
first week, no, I, I, I don't see it happening there. Do I see it getting done in the duration of training camp in the preseason? Yeah, I do. I think the Chargers know the urgency that they have to get this done with. I think they would rather wrap this up now than have it lingered during the regular season. You're still kind of on a time clock crunch with Joe Burrow's contract being, you know, the other big quarterback contract that is yet to be extended. And you know that he is going to get his money as well. But uh, yeah, Dan, as you met, I'm glad you brought up those dates because that's when traditionally the Chargers have done this. And as we had said a week ago on the live show, Tom Telesco does things very close to the chest, keeps conversations in terms of negotiating um, very silent. We'll basically just say it's ongoing or, you know, we're still in talks or we're working it out or just any way to shut people up from answering those questions, basically. Um, but it's going to get done. And it's going to be one of those things where, again, you're just going to be out having lunch and all of a sudden news is going to break that it's done. I don't think that we're going to get any prior notifications to it. Uh, there will be very little, you know, news to share as far as indicators go. It's just going to be like a hammer drop, much like it was for Keenan Allen, much like it was for Joey Bosa. And what it's done, it's done. And I, I, I don't foresee any issues that will linger into the season. But I will say, within the next month and a half that we have to go of training camp and preseason, that this deal will get done. So you're taking the over on one week? Yes. Okay. I love uh, how you keep mentioning that. By the way. <laughs> That's, I, I, I can already feel it. By the time we're done with this podcast, I may ban you from saying that phrase. <laughs> Jake, real quick, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Well, I just want to remind everybody once again that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your very own home. All you got to do to get into the action is head on over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to join and be sure you use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Jake, are we going to see JC Jackson at training camp? This is a huge storyline that has massive implications. And I think we have to kind of temper expectations a little bit in terms of like, is he going to be Mr. INT the second he steps out on the field? Whenever that is. But whatever that is, let's just say now for training camp purposes. Rewind, what, a month ago or so? Uh, you heard J.C. Jackson and folks talk about he had a June 19th check-in with his doctor to see kind of what the prognosis is, timetables for when he can actually come back. He mentioned he's planning on being ready for day one training camp, day one for the season. It's a big storyline. Are you prepared to see him day one of training camp? Are you expecting to see him during training camp or are you kind of like, don't care, just get me to week one? I'll tell you why I feel encouraged about this. And I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up or anything like that. First of all, it's just so weird that Jake's about to possibly first of all, hopes up. First of all, Tom Telesco already did that when he had first said that they expect JC Jackson to be ready for training camp and be ready and to start week one when, <laughs> the news couldn't have been worse at that point in time for J.C. Jackson and, and that injury that he was rehabbing through. But Dan, again, while I know that he wasn't out there on the field practicing during OTAs and minicamp, he was on the sidelines and he was dressed. He was doing drills. You saw he, that. Yes. So that gives me encouragement that that was kind of the warm up, the ramp up period. Like you said, we haven't heard anything since his doctor's appointment. So... But it's just, 
you you want to root for this guy so bad, so yeah. bad. And to your point, is he going to be Mister INT by as soon as he steps out on the field on training camp? No, I don't foresee that to happen. You, you know, you it's been a minute since JC Jackson has played some football, so I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. But I do remember that when JC Jackson was healthy last training camp, training when camp. he was in there, yes, dude, before he had to go for his emergency surgery on his foot that cost him those last three weeks of training camp when he was in there he was good bro so <laughs> you you take a jc jackson that is now well motivated coming off of the unfortunate year that he came off last year i'm just excited to see number 27 out there i don't care in what capacity uh you just you have to root for this kid given every all the effort that he has put into getting back on the field after the injury that he suffered yeah, you're going to – I wouldn't be surprised if you see like a standing ovation by folks at training camp attending as fans when they see him out there, if they see him out there at some point, like on the field, actually doing stuff. And rightly so. I'm not trying to like overhype this, but it's insane that he's even at this possibility to be at the juncture of back in action <laughs> at training camp, given the severity. Uh, Jake, last year, we all remember – the darling, the bandy man himself, was mm. lighting it up in training camp. Yes. Ourselves included, we're swept away by the hype. And we're thinking, there's no way the Chargers aren't going to have him on the 53-man roster. They would be stupid if they didn't have him there. He wasn't there. That, that, was, also the that, was, that was also because the Chargers chose to only keep five ride receivers instead of six. Yep. Let's, but let's I digress. He, he ended up going through waivers, ended up back on the practice squad, along with a Fajoko, I believe. Uh, is there going to be a wide receiver darling, <clears throat> Pokey Wilson? And is there actually a chance? Should we brace ourselves and protect our emotions for when... Pokey Wilson lights it up, and we're all thinking, oh, he can make it. Like, is it actually possible that he can beat out Jalen Guyton? It's possible. And, Dan, I say that because Jalen Guyton didn't get any reps during OTAs and minicamps, and Pokey Wilson did. And not only did he get reps, he was actually making plays and catching balls from Justin Herbert. He was actually making plays, and we're talking about deep threats. And we talked about this a few weeks back when we were discussing the you know, overall position group of the wide receivers as it relates to this season, there's a lot of things that Jalen Guyton obviously has over Pokey Wilson at this point in time. Veteran experience, familiarity with Justin Herbert in this offense. Yes, he obviously has the speed advantage as well. But in terms of if the Chargers are looking for a little bit more versatility in their wide receiving room. Now, I know as far as the, the top six guys that you could go through right now, that's arguably the most versatile group that this team has had in a very, very long time. But if you're looking for an added element where it's like Jalen Guyton is strictly a downfield threat, has the speed, he's basically just going to go downfield and hopefully catch bombs from Justin Herbert. It's a great thing to have. If we're just if we're if we're still sticking with the speed theme, then probably Jalen Guyton is going to win out in this circumstance. But Pokey Wilson can play the slot. He can play outside. He can go up for contested catches. Yes, he doesn't have the speed advantage or the experience advantage, but I wouldn't put it, is it is it probable that he beats out Jalen Guyton? Probably not. 
And I say that for a number of, of, of different reasons, especially when you after you watch Brandon Staley and this team and how much they value veterans. But it's very similar to how Anthony Lynn did it with, with the way that he structured his roster as well. And not to say that's, that's neither a good thing or a bad thing, but sometimes that's just the way that coaches, that's their, that's their way of you know, instilling trust and feeling comfortable about certain things. So there's a lot that Pokey Wilson is going to have to show in training camp and in the preseason to get the coaches to waver on that and to change their minds. But as long as Jalen Guyton is not missing time in training camp and is there's nothing that is still lingering for him from the ACL injury that he suffered in week three. And we expect to see him out there because that's what Brandon Staley had said during minicamp is that everybody that was not out there, they expect to see come next Wednesday. So it's going to be an interesting battle. I'll be pulling for Pokey Wilson. But do I think that he unseats Jalen Guyton as the wide receiver six? No. More realists to stay on the practice squad? Yes. I'll keep it brief on this one. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, all things being equal, Jalen Guyton healthy. I think there is 0% chance that Pokey Wilson unseats Jalen Guyton. And for the reason is quite simply, they cannot give up the speed element. And heaven forbid something happens to Quentin Johnston or Darius Davis. Who's left that can run? If you had Pokey Wilson and not Jalen Guyton. So if he's healthy, there's no way. Now, could there be kind of a an IR swap roster construction thing where they can have, you know, Guyton on IR, Pokey Wilson comes in, and then they can then kind of drag it out a little bit? Maybe. But I don't see it happening. I just don't. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf, and brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Chargers Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. Let's bring it to... Let's bring it to... Let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's start with defensive coordinator Derek Ansley. Hmm... I'm really intrigued to see what he is going to bring to this defensive unit this year. And especially pairing it with Brandon Staley and the familiarity that these two have had over the last couple of years and seeing basically it's, you know, Derek Ansley was a sought after coordinator during the off season. A lot of teams wanted to pick him up. It was one of the reasons that the chargers promoted him internally. And just when you listen to him, or when you listen to the players, they love Derek Ansley. And Derek Ansley has basically said he's he's a chameleon. He could be whatever he needs to be for any player at any position group on the defense. If he feels like he needs to be the rah-rah guy on certain days and pick up the energy level, he will. Other days, if he needs to be more just, uh, you know, 
calm and more just a calm disciplinarian, if you will. How do you see see that impacting training camp, though? I would like to see a little bit different of... I'm not sure how much different of a look you're going to... It's not like I'm I'm projecting that you're going to see like a completely different look at the defense. I think it's just the energy level and the way that the players respond to Derek Ansley. Now, usually, and I'm going to get ahead of this before we get to next Wednesday, as far as when everybody will probably be freaking out after one practice or another. And usually the defense starts faster than the offense. So remember this, Dan? Last year, it was like the defense kicked ass and everybody was like, what the hell, man? This isn't... <laughs> what happened isn't, to Justin yeah, Herbert? What happened? What's going on? Is he going to regret? No, it just that's just usually how it is for every team. Usually the defense just starts a lot faster. I want to see that consistency. I felt like you got that out of certain players last year, Dan. I want to see that from more than just your headlining players. You saw it from Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa all the time. You see it from Derwin. I'm really excited to see how a pairing of Derek Ansley and Eric Kendricks is going to be able to come in and lead this team. There's other guys on this team that I want to see that energy from. You can't always just rely on two to three leaders on this team. There has to be more that's out there. And I know from a name standpoint, you would probably think as far as how they are in the locker room that that's great. But I'm just interested to see what the plan is. And obviously, we're talking training camp. So it's it's, it's basically just going to be a shell of the defensive playbook that you're going to see from the Chargers this season. But how is Derek Ansley going to pair with Brandon Staley to finally get this defense to be what everybody expected them to be when Brandon Staley came in here with his defense in mind that he created in the Rams organization? Yeah, I'm looking for impact. When I saw last year, and again, this is no slight to Ronaldo Hill. They're just different types of leaders. But if you were at training camp and you just watched the sidelines and you didn't know who anybody was and someone's asked you, okay, which one over there is the defensive coordinator? Like, was there anything that Ronaldo Hill did last year on the sidelines that led me to believe, oh, yeah, that's the defensive coordinator. That's the one that's helping these players improve on the sidelines, getting in their ears, getting in their faces, something goes wrong, teaching them on the fly, giving them energy, kind of communicating everything around. Like, I didn't see that. In fact, last year, if you look, if you remember, there are all kinds of training camp highlights. You saw Derek Ansley going crazy when there were plays that were happening. Go back and watch the the J.C. Jackson interception, some of the defensive plays, and the sidelines. Look who's going crazy on the sidelines. That was Derek Ansley. And so I'm looking for impact, and I think you're going to see that. You will see the players gravitating towards and from Derek Ansley. I promise you. I have no question in my mind. It's going to look different from an impact and from an influence perspective in real time. He's... I feel like Ronaldo Hill, and I don't know this. This is just my personal opinion. He feels more like someone who take it back to the drawing board in class, in film session, will kind of go through stuff. Whereas Derek Ainsley feels like it's like, we're going to fix this right now. And I'll let you know if you did or not right now. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Because there's only so much Derwin James, like you said, only so much Derwin James can yell at you about. There's only so much that Sebastian Joseph Day and Khalil Mack can kind of get in your ear. But when the coach is coming at you, and has the support of everyone around you, different story. 
So yeah, I think that's where we're going to see the Derek Ansley effect. Uh, where do we go from here? There are so many eyes, Jake, on this offense all year last year. Training camp, especially Michael Bandy was showing up. Is the offense going to finally look different? And look, this doesn't have to be a quick. This doesn't have to be a long conversation. Yes. Like, I think yes. we all can agree, yes, this offense will finally look different. Yes, we finally have someone to pair with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Quinton Johnston and Darius Davis, in reality, and Josh Palmer. I'm looking forward to seeing rainbows, honestly. Like, it's like football porn when you get to watch these deep shots from Justin Herbert go 50, 60 yards. And those are, honestly... Kind of few and far between. Like, there were certainly highlights of him doing it. But I think the frequency of those is going to be much higher. Now, is it going to be half the plays? No. Like, let's pump the brakes. But are we going to see that being more instilled in this offense? 100%. But that leads me to the the receiver part of this. There were some headlines, quote-unquote, of... This was straight from the horse's mouth of Quentin Johnston, saying that he won the wide receiver three role. People are already hyping up Quentin Johnston saying like, oh, like he could possibly be wide receiver too. Is there any chance that we see Quentin Johnston taking wide receiver two before training camp ends? I don't want to go that far. And I have. I love Quentin Johnston too. Same here. I've just, I know how it normally goes for wide receivers that are rookies in the league. Thank you. And not every one of the top ones that are picked end up being successful in their first season. For every Garrett Wilson, there are a whole bunch of others that are not Garrett Wilson. Exactly. So I am not trying to take the wind out of anybody's sails as it relates to Quentin Johnston for this because he has looked fantastic from what you've seen during OTAs and minicamp. And when you have the defensive coordinator going to Kellen Moore and saying, dude, that number one guy, dude, he's a dog. I like him, dude. He's a dog. I really like him. And again, to me, it just, it brings me back to the old days of when the Chargers had twin towers at wide receiver with the Malcolm Floyds and the Vincent Jacksons and the Tyrell Williams and the Mike Williams days. And there's just so much potential here that you could have with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and Quentin Johnson in this circumstance. So, and I and somebody asked us this, Dan, on the live show last Saturday. It was an over-under, I think, what was it, 650 yards and five touchdowns for, Qu- for Quentin Johnston. And I said that I thought that that line was, was fair. Yeah. But there's only one football. There's only one football to go around. And I just can't see that happening in year one to unseat as wide receiver two. Now, next year, obviously, from a skill set position, this offense is going to look different from a personnel standpoint. (laughs) So there could be, I would probably tell you it's a better chance that it's going to happen next year than this year. I'd be shocked if that would happen and I wouldn't hate it at all. And I would be proud to come on here and say I was wrong and I misjudged it. And I love to say I'm wrong. Should have been giving him more hype if that's what ends up happening. But I'm excited as hell to see Quentin Johnston in this offense. I think you're starting to see more people catch on to the hype as far as him in Kellen Moore's system and with Justin Herbert at quarterback and 
what type of concoction that you could come up with as far as a downfield passing attack with him, especially in one-on-one situations, which I believe he's going to get plenty of this season. But no, I don't think that he goes above wide receiver three. I think it's going to be a damn good quartet of wide receivers that you have between Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, Joshua Palmer, and then you throw in some Darius Davis there for, God help me, a reverse that actually nets positive yardage. Maybe a jet sweep, if we're lucky. (laughs) If we're lucky. Uh, Here's a fun one. This is an interesting storyline. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Everyone talks about how Chargers are one of the teams that have a higher chance of getting a UDFA to actually make the team. That's their track record. Historically, yes. So I ask you, Jake, and this is a storyline that I'm curious about. Which UDFA is most likely to make the team? I'll give you some names. You got Gerard Clark, Mm -hmm. the big boy in the middle. Mm -hmm. You got Taewon Mullen, cornerback. You got Pokey Wilson. You got AJ Finley and a whole bunch of others. If there was one UDFA to make the team, then be careful before you answer this. Yes. Which one has the best chance of making the team? <sighs> the top two out of here is obviously Pokey Wilson and Gerard Clark. Not mine. The problem here is, and I. From where I from where I see value now, where Dan's probably going to come from is realistic possibilities, which I totally get. Gerard Clark and Pokey Wilson just have. So, I mean, if if they didn't have such a what would what would you call it, Dan? Just a uh, a train stack of players that are ahead of you, there would probably be a great shot that either one of these guys mm-hmm. could make the roster. Now, other outside possibilities. Do the Chargers keep four wide, four running backs? Not maybe not necessarily on their fifty-three man roster, but just overall practice squad, whatever it is. Elijah Dotson, Tyler Hoosman. I I, I see Larry Roundtree, unfortunately, just kind of getting phased out of this offense with the rise of Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly continuing to improve. So they maybe have an outside chance. Dan, I know I'm going to let you go with this because I know what position you're going to talk about. Oh. But the same reasons, actually, I'll just I'll let you take it first. Go ahead, and I'll <laughs> I'll save my I'll save my spiel until you're done. I think Gerard Clark is one, but like you said, like the it's a steep hill to climb. Yes, for anyone to make this squad in tier defensive line, we look at the number of bodies that the Chargers have. Again, like speaking of bodies. <laughs> Gerard Clark's got a good body that you would want in your defensive line. <laughs> what was he like? Three thirty? Like the dude's a mountain. He's three hundred and thirty-four pounds, man. But you got Scott Matlock, who you just drafted. You got Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson's four, Tito's brought five, in, brought in Nick Williams, as, Nick as Williams six, and that's without talking about Gerard Clark. So he really probably has to like unseat like. Two guys. I know. The battle for a defensive line is just going to be disgusting this year. So I want to say Gerard Clark. And I and I can see it happening because I can see some of those guys remaining on the practice squad. Or IR. We don't know Austin Johnson's health or Tito's health. I think it's corner. 
I knew it. I think it's corner. Just seeing the track record of Brand Staley and how important that role is to him, and the fact that they didn't draft one. They talk about like drafting corners every year, or I guess you said technically DBs, but they didn't. So, so you, so you, I assume you're leaning to Cam Brown. Cam Brown or, or Taiwan Mullen are probably the two that I'm leaning towards. So then who would be the cornerback that you want to unseat? It may come down to who? I mean, realistically, so the three that you know are going to be there, actually four, Jazeera Taylor, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., JC Jackson, that's four. Dean, Dean Leonard helps you on special teams, at least for right now, so I say that's five. That's five. It's the next spot because you've got, what, like Raheem Lane, Possibilities he, in there. Raheem, Raheem Lane would be probably classify him more as a safety. So probably comes down to Keeman Hall. Keeman Hall. I mean, we've seen. I think his spots up for grabs. I don't think Keeman Hall's really brought a bunch to the table that everyone's sure. like, got to keep him. Sure. And so if there's a young up and comer like we saw with Jesse Taylor last year. Who knows? I don't think it's a wide receiver. I don't think it's a wide receiver. I don't think it's going to be a safety. Even though safety is thin for the Chargers, the ones we have at UDFA, I don't think unseat the ones that are currently on the roster. I don't think it's offensive line. It could be a tight end. Don't sleep on the tight end. The UCLA kid. But I, think I don't, I don't I think see him unseating Stone Smart. No. I, think it's, I think it's going to be a corner, if I had to guess. Um, all right, Jake. Ready to talk running backs? Let's do it. Who's RB2? <laughs> I think, I mean, I honestly don't know if it matters who RB2 is, but I think fans and folks are like begging to just see as much Isaiah Spiller as possible. Yep. I said this last Saturday. I think Joshua Kelly will still start camp as RB2. Who ends just because camp RB2? That's. That's the other question. And what type of usage are you going to see from week to week in how they do during the preseason? Like you said, Dan, it's just everybody wants to see what Isaiah Spiller's got because unfortunately we just didn't get a chance to see him last year. Hell, Isaiah Spiller wants to see what Isaiah Spiller's got. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. But I think that you could, for redshirting, for essentially for Isaiah Spiller last year, getting a chance to sit, getting a chance to learn, having Austin Eckler to learn from in that running back room, to have Joshua Kelly continuing to hopefully improve, which I felt last year when he was taking some of those snaps, he looked great. Unfortunately, he kind of got that injury bug a little bit again. Didn't get as consistent as we probably would have liked to down the stretch. So there's still plenty that he has to improve on. But if you could think of a running back trio of Austin Eckler and a breakout, uh, I mean, breakout to a certain extent for Isaiah Spiller mm -hmm. and a continually improving Joshua Kelly, this, this could be a very good running back by committee group here. So I still think that Joshua Kelly is going to get the RB2 nod because no Sony Michelle's in here. There's no Larry Roundtree threatening to take any snaps. I mean, may technically, maybe he could, but I doubt it. Right. <laughs> but I say 
by the time training camp ends, I think with as excited as you hear coaches talking about the potential of Isaiah Spiller and obviously the team's investment, you need to see what you have. It's more, it's much in the same breath as, uh, um, JT Woods in this circumstance. You need to see what you have. Mm-hmm. So I think they're I think they're gonna give Isaiah Spiller every chance to get the RB2 job. And personally, I think he takes it. I think he takes it. I don't think that there's any debate. I know everybody's basically kind of saying it's foregone that that's gonna be it. But I mean, hell, we all kind of expected that to be the case last year, and that definitely didn't happen. So yeah. I, I don't want to hand him the RB2 title. But I think that he finishes training camp with it, no doubt. Won't start with it, but he'll finish with it. Fair. Fair. Uh, okay, so there was uh, a really, really good article from a one Eric Smith, who's done a whole bunch of interviews with some of the coaching staff and talked to Chargers linebacker coach Jeff Howard about this linebacking core. I encourage everyone to go, let's go read it. It's really, really good. Lots of insights. Uh, one of the quotes that we posted on Twitter from the Charge and Leash handle that he had mentioned that leads to one of the biggest questions for this offseason. So many of the great defense, this is Coach Howard speaking, which is what we talk about that we want to have, have two great linebackers, and that's kind of what we want to establish here. Jake, I ask you, who are those two linebackers? Well, you know one of them right now. That's going to be Eric Kendricks. We all we all know that. No question. This is such a crucial year for Kenneth Murray, Dan. This is this is year 4 for Kenneth Murray. And you know, you start just kind of like peeling the onion back a little bit and what you've seen at face value obviously hasn't been the best, it hasn't been the most consistent and even from a let's just call it mediocre standpoint from an overall grade 2020 his rookie year was his best year and we're not even talking about on a big scale here and you've you'd want to say okay i i expect to see improvements year and year after that and in 2021 i think he regressed a little bit and kind of improved in certain circumstances last year but you just haven't seen the jump that you expected to see from a guy that you traded back up into the first round in 2020 to take him 23rd overall. And Kenneth Murray for, for, for him. And Dan, you kind of covered this when you were talking about, you know, tranquil Kendricks, the tackling Kenneth Murray has always been good. Even go back to Oklahoma in terms of coverage and better against the pass than he was against the run. I'm hoping to God at some point his run defense is going to be able to improve as much as it can. It's never going to be, it's probably never going to be stellar, but it's got, it has to get better. But in terms of a guy with the athletic ability that Kenneth Murray has at 6'2, around 250 pounds, and with the type of vision that he showed in college, and I think what it is, Dan, is we've always said with Kenneth Murray that it's, 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 it's just you know an upstairs issue that his recklessness tends to take over a little bit more than it should too often. And there are times when he shows that he is undisciplined or that he is impatient, and he just needs to get that under control. Now, I'm hoping 
that when you pair him next to a seasoned veteran like Eric Kendricks, that you could put something together. I love the fact that Jeff Howard said this because there's not many teams that you have that have two standout linebackers. I love the fact that that's his goal. And because there really is a huge question mark because we haven't seen the very best of Kenneth Murray. And I'm not here even to say that it's, it's foregone that we're going to get that, but in a potential contract year for Kenneth Murray and standing next to a veteran like Eric Kendricks, there's no better time than right now to get that from him. And you, and you have to. And this may be one of those reasons why the Chargers selected Dayon Henley when they did, outside of the fact that it was a great value pickup. This is insurance. To me, this is definitely insurance. Because if Kenneth Murray doesn't end up panning out this season, insert Henley. Yeah, and Jeff How- and Howard talked about like the the physical tools and how excited he was that they did get Dayon Henley. And for, for Kenneth Murray to me, Jake, it just seems like the tangibles, which Kenneth Murray has, I mean, the guy looks, I mean, he looks the part, the guy is chiseled beyond belief, has all of the metrics that you can get, but you need to pair the tangibles with the intangibles. And Eric Hendricks has the intangibles. I think that's what he's missing. And if he can infuse some of that over to a one Kenneth Murray, like sky's the limit for the kid, but he just has to pair those two together. But then you see like the excitement around Dayon Henley about like the tools he has and the athleticism he has and the speed that he has. And then you pair how coach Howard used to be kind of a a secondary guy turned linebacker, although he kind of sees himself as obviously a linebacker. That's what he went to school for. Dan Henley, same thing. The guy's like all over the place and you see his pursuit and you see his, uh, what's the word that Jeff Howard used to describe him? His uh, purposeful, I forget exactly what he said. It was basically like he was very purposeful in his intentions on the field. Is it likely that Dan Henley becomes LB2 right off the gate? Likely, no. But if we don't see Kenneth Murray improving, from what we saw early, I think that leash is going to be rather short. Unfortunately, like the Chargers don't really have anybody kind of like in waiting in the wings with experience that if those two guys can't do it, then what? Troy Reader? <laughs> well, Re- Reader's gone, so that's definitely not. <laughs> That's definitely not an who, option. Like who? Who? What? What options do they have other than free agency? Which imagine a world in which they let Drew Tranquil go and then they bring in another one in free agency. When you saw how much Drew Tranquil actually got, this this guy actually goes hand in hand, Dan. Because I'm glad I'm glad you kind of brought that up because this was a the probably the one coaching decision in the off season that actually made me scratch my head was when the Chargers let go of linebackers coach Michael Wilhoyt, mm-hmm. who had helped develop and produce Kaiser White, Drew Tranquil. I'm interested to see, because obviously Jeff Howard has his previous relationship with Eric Kendricks going back to Minnesota, so you know that that connection is going to be there. Is Jeff Howard going to be able to unlock Kenneth Murray in this circumstance? Because... 
Michael Wilhoy, for whatever reason, just wasn't able to get that out of Murray during his tenure here. And I apologize. Can- I didn't mean Trey Weaver. I met uh, Nick Neiman. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew who you meant. I knew, I knew who you meant, but I felt I needed to clarify yes, you immediately thank you. on that one. <laughs> yes. And in a very jokingly way, he's like, well, he's definitely not an option because he ain't in the roster. So, <laughs> but, like, uh, honest, but like, honestly, look at, real quick, look at the guys on this roster right now. They got Eamon Ogbonglamiga, Nick Neiman, Kenneth Murray, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, obviously Eric Hendricks, Michael Jones, Deion Henley, Nathan East. Who do you trust after Kendricks? You really can't say that you trust anybody right now. It's, it is a huge question mark going into this training camp in this season. If there's any extra motivation for Kenneth Murray to say, okay, this is going to be it. And from what everything that you you've heard from Jeff Howard up until this point has been very positive in regards to Kenneth Murray. He just has to put it together on the field. But like, there's not, there's not, the thing is that's unfortunate is I don't necessarily know if there's really anything that Kenneth Murray can do during training camp. Aside from, I don't know, like even, even if he gets a couple sacks or a couple interceptions, whatever, like, I don't think that's going to move the needle one way or another with anybody until you see it in an actual game that matters. Yeah. So like it's, it's a, it's a tough predicament that he's in. Maybe the earliest that you, that you get a chance pre-season? to see it, Dan, is, is a, well, preseason, yes. I would hope to see some something from him. Joint practice during mm. training camp, that mm-hmm. as well. But come week one, <laughs> you just have to have it. And, and we, Dan, we talked about this previously uh, just in our own conversations. But what's the over-under that you would give, essentially, to say, okay, a change needs to be made, and we're going to throw out Deion Henley to see what he's got. If if you have not seen any progress, what would be the over-under as far as what week would you say that you would give? I don't know the week, but man, I feel like you'd have to be pretty soon. I don't know if I'm prepared to answer that, but like if someone gave me a line like five and a half weeks, I'm probably gonna take the under. That's a month. A month a little month a week. Lieback that's a spot that's going to have a lot of drama, I think, that maybe people aren't necessarily expecting that they probably should brace for in storylines at, tra- at training camp. Because we all know Eric Hendricks. Like, that's kind of like a, you know, a, a given. But then after that, everything's a wild card. For different reasons. Good and bad. So that's a whole bunch of storylines. A whole bunch of headlines. A whole bunch of hype. Which, again, we are so excited that we finally have football. And Jake, I'm not even going to play the song. But we know it's time to think in my head. I'm not yes. going to play it. Yes, I get that. We have one week. At least, I know, to at least I know tomorrow you definitely can't play it. I mean, it makes no really sense no more. No. Like I said, like we're under. No, no, no. I've already I've already banned you oh, from playing. Okay. You, you've already you've already met your quota for, for the year. 
yeah, at least until <laughs> at least until there are seven days remaining until the Chargers regular season opener, mm-hmm. you have now been banned from playing that song. Okay. I take that punishment. That's fine. Thank you. Um, anything else, Jake, you want to get out of here with before we hit the sunrise? It'll just be excited to be out there again, man. I'm excited for the atmosphere. I'm excited to watch these guys come out and play. Uh, excited to see some of the new players, the new faces, the new coaches. Um, just the atmosphere of training camp in general, as Denzel Washington says, and remember the Titans when he walks out on the football field, he says, oh, this is my sanctuary right here. Like, that's how I feel. It's like, ah, yeah, it's that time of year again. Training camp coming up next week. Jack Hammett, Costa Mesa. Exciting times ahead for Chargers fans, everyone covering this team for ourselves. Uh, For Jake Hefter, Dan Wolkstein, Chargers Elise, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next time.